to the legendary Lou Gellerman. Hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, including the world being a better place when the dogs beat the ducks. Uh, surrender Cobras in Austin Stadium, and Oregon Tears, they are delicious. I am your host, Hooligan7, joined tonight by Johnny Tugs, Hungry for Buffalo, otherwise known as Hood Husky, DJ K. Woody, and uh, the Darker Knight, uh, or as we will call him tonight, Duck Duck Lose. Uh, how's everybody doing this evening? Still, still hyped. Doing well, doing still well. hyped about it. We coolin', we coolin'. <laughs> the team may have moved on to the next game. I'm still riding the high from last weekend. That For game. sure. For sure. Uh, beverages of choice for the evening. I'll, I'll actually turn over New Leaf and I'll start this one. Uh, I started the evening on our pre-show and then during take one before Xfinity and Comcast, my Wi-Fi completely shat the bed. Uh, started the evening with a Lucky Envelope Brewing gingerbread cream stout. Quite nice. Uh, and then moving on to Fremont Winter Ale, Imperial Winter Ale uh, to finish things up. Tugs, how about you? What do you got tonight? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I got some High West Campfire Whiskey and uh, Rainier, Double Fistin. boy. Lord have mercy. Hood, how about you, man? Oh, man, I actually brought beer tonight, and uh, I still get shat on, you know, by the other drink choices. So uh, I got a No Lie, Born and Raised IPA. Um, very generic, very inexpensive, uh, but I thought... Uh, I would decide to to drink up tonight. So that's a great brewery. Love that brewery. No lie. Yeah, this is a Spokane. Yeah, worth the drink. Yeah. Yeah. Spokane, baby. One of the few good things to come out of Spokane. Uh, <laughs> DJ, a belated happy birthday to you. Uh, what do you got for uh, beverages this evening? Thank you. Uh, just some high quality H two O. <laughs> Boring. No, that's what I'm talking about. And uh, here's to being hydrated. And uh, darker night. How about you, sir? Man, I'm I'm still trying to recover from the, that past weekend. That was a <clears throat> that was a hell of a performance, uh, both on and off the field. If you know what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> I'm drinking some water and I have some <laughs> green tea tonight. Oh, nice. Safe to drink, uh, yeah. To, I, I basically avoided the color green last week, so you know matcha, anything like that was off the menu. Um, oh, it's only right tonight. Oh, he bougeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even touch my grass. <laughs> uh, we can go ahead and move on to stupid tweets. Uh, certainly, I've got a, I've got a couple that I'm going to mention. One, a big not shout out to Big Game Boomer, who thinks that Husky Stadium is going to be a quiet environment this weekend. Uh, yeah, fuck off, dude. Um, and uh, we talked quite a bit about this uh, in the pre-show, but uh, uh, Duck Zone uh, <laughs> 503 or whatever your name is, uh, host of the If Michael Scott Tailgated It for an Oregon Game <laughs> vlog, um, <laughs> all you did was take L's last week, bro. Sorry, sorry for you. Yeah, his whole account is just stupid tweets. Yeah, I don't have a stupid tweet. I just got like a little shit to talk. Shout out to Doug. Shout out to QB11. 
Shout out to Mike Black. Shout out to Key Sosa. Shout out to all you guys, man. <laughs> QB11 for all the acronyms you was throwing out there, thinking that acronyms was going to save you. Uh, for sure, they ain't saved nobody. So that's that's all. I, and shout out to Mike Black for, you know, pre, preseason last year saying Michael Wright was going to be drafted above Kyler Gordon and Trent McDonough. Mm. <laughs> shout out to the Seattle Dragons for picking up Michael, star player. Yeah. <laughs> Where you belong. All right. Yeah, there, there are so many tweets could have choose, chosen from, and I probably could have chosen better ones, but I'm going to go with uh, Aaron Ventress. Uh, he was going back and forth with some people, and one of his tweets was talking about Michael Penix Jr., saying uh, slicing and dicing the Oregon defense does not a Heisman candidate make. I don't know how why he's wording like that, but basically saying – it doesn't matter because he was playing against a shitty Oregon defense, which is true. But, you know, people like Bo Nix and Oregon was uh, trying to give him all these run up to score against teams like Colorado and all these other shit teams they've been playing all year. So fuck you, Aaron. You guys lost. And, yeah, I was going to do Duck Zone 503. We can go – you can just go down Oregon Twitter, all these shit tweets from this last week. It's been glorious. It 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 really is a a wonderful place when the ducks lose. Uh, Darker Knight of Tugs have any uh, tweets to to call out or laugh at? I guess I would just say shout out to that uh, Brandon Clinton, the guy that does the film session. Oh, Coach, Coach Thirt, yeah. Oh my god, that was hilarious. It's glad that was it's, great. It's nice to see. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying, like, I want, like, because we showed up earlier in the season on the wrong side of that video. Yep. I said, please, God, I just want to see us on the right side of that video and for it to be the duck game. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, he doesn't miss. Yeah. Uh, I also say before we get into the recap, or I guess we can start our, our recap of last week with, uh, you know, we we never will make light of career-ending injuries here on the Sound the Siren podcast. So our deepest sympathies go out to Chris Hudson uh, <laughs> for the injury you sustained late last week. You know, uh, hope there's lots of bright, good things in store for you d- despite that injury. Um, and the the coaching staff that that encouraged you to make that decision. I'm, I hope he's okay. I really, I, I, I really do. That career. I've been thinking about it. That career ender was in the game plan. So, <laughs> yes, <is> true. <laughs> Which says something about their game plan. Uh, so uh, let's get into it. Highlights: things we particularly enjoyed, causes for concern. Um, or, or yeah, go ahead, Doug. That uh, that last touchdown TD to Taj. Oh, was that a thing of beauty? That was that was that was an unreal throw, and I. That's a league throw. Oh my god, that is such a league throw. It was unreal, and to listen to um Shepard talk about that play uh on the radio today with Softy. That that was like it sounded like that was like the la- like last option to go to Taj on that play, and if the safeties were to crouch down, um, and another safety was to 
play high over or whatever. That was a that was the throw to make, and and uh, Penix saw it, and it uh, boy, that was a thing of beauty. Yeah, I, and I got to say, you know, I mean, I think it's probably been covered many, many times on all over Husky Twitter and on basically every other Husky podcast, I'm sure, this week. But uh, big shouts to Peyton Henry uh, for bookending, uh, you know, what was probably the worst moment of his career as a freshman and coming back and just being absolute nails. And each of his kicks on Saturday were just dead down the middle things that I aspire to in my golf game of my drive, but never happened. So shouts to you, Peyton. That was amazing. So good for him. So happy for him. That was such a good redemption story. Everything's so good about that game. Yeah. Yeah. Penix got him some money on that throw. I know the game in general, but he made some money on that throw. And don't, don't sleep on the throw that he made to Jalen. Like that was, yeah. That angle from behind, the quarterback and that well, that was incredible. That throw fifty yards downfield, someone in his face, just a dime. Perfect. Just slow, Sta- standing, standing and delivering because he, yeah. yeah. he took a shot. Yeah. He took a shot on that play. Dime. Yeah, I I man, I was there in two thousand eighteen when Peyton Henry missed that field goal. That would have won it. And then obviously, you know, we eventually lost it in overtime. So I had literally had coined this game, Peyton Henry's redemption. Uh, I wish I had made the pod last week to be able to uh, call that. Um, DJ, you would have loved that. You know, I, you know, I've been accurate on my scores pretty much for the whole year. That I was literally right there. Um, well, and, and DJ and I did our best to hold it down, but uh, I think he and I will both readily admit we have never been happier to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, no, I you know being in the stadium is just. It was amazing to see the gravity and the power that our offense has when the opposing team and everyone looking at the game knows that there's nothing they could do about it. Um, I've seen a lot. I've seen 65,000 humble fans uh, leaving that stadium, and that was my takeaway is the trash talk and the, the dirty looks and the huck the fuskies all that stuff you were hearing pregame after the game, it was a real quiet walk back to cars guys with the heads down pointing fingers. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right for this fan base. I wouldn't expect anything. Uh, I will less. say I have, uh, I've had the one time that I've been there, I did have a, uh, not as close a game experience, but one that, that had the, the right team winning, um, without talking about this week, but a big shout to this week's Husky legend uh, and the long red downs that he scored back uh, down in Austin in 2002. And uh, I have chanted drive home safely to duck fans in Austin stadium. And it is a, uh, <laughs> a joyous experience. Uh, I do actually have a, a multiple choice question for the group. What is a bigger hole? The city of Eugene in- entirely Austin stadium or the one that Wayne Talapapa ran through to score the first touchdown of the game. <laughs> My Probably God, the that Wayne Talapapa one, I, I would say. <laughs> Wayne literally <laughs> strided in the end zone. He wasn't even running. He, he, I would like a walk. You see him bang his head on the goalpost? They make jokes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he just ran and hit his head on the Slow motion just. He just said, <laughs> bing. <laughs> it, was, it was lightweight. My um, old 
broke, fat, white butt could have scored with the hole they opened. I <laughs> and a lot of people could have. And I think one thing that you know we really got to shout out is I feel like we really, really failed to give this offensive line credit because we're so oh excited about all the skill players and all the explosive plays. You know, like I, I think when in great conversation, in conversation with other fan bases, we're always like, "Well, our old line is this," but then when we get an opportunity to really, really showcase them and talk about them in depth and give them, you know, love, you know, we really don't. And to be honest, it's really hard because all five are balling. You know, if it was one person standing yep. out, it's like, "Well, Rogers balling." You know, the other guys got to catch up, but Roger, you know, but all five are balling. You know, that was Amy mm-hmm. and Roger opening up a crazy hole. You know, you watch Roger run his feet to kind of get the angle on the edge there to open up that hole. And you watch Beatty turn his ass and turn his hips to, you know, um, uh, seal that hole as well. And that happened often all game, you know, in pass protection and when we decided to run. So offensive line really needs to be shown some love for neutralizing what was already kind of sure. pretty weak front. So I don't, I don't think folks realize how nasty our <laughs> offensive line plays, too. Ooh. Not that they're good, but they have a mainstream. Like they're between snaps, Oregon players are wolfing, and then you've seen guys on their back, guys finishing blocks, guys coming back for more, guys nodding their head. Like they love that. <laughs> what are we talking about this decision that, now? I'll get to that for sure, but I think Jackson um, and his um, energy and demeanor really, really led to a lot. I think, uh, and, and like I said, I'll get to it, but I think the captains really um, won this game for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I will say on on one topic on in terms of the offensive line, um, you know, and, and huge credit to, to Jackson and Corey and the and Bainey and the experienced guys. But uh, how exciting and how fun is it for us that Troy and Nate and Roger are freshmen and sophomores? <laughs> Oh my goodness! There's no way any of those guys leave, right? No, I, this year, I, 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 I doubt it. I think, I, I think if you, I think you know, Troy may be a, a, a two or three year starter just because he doesn't have the length to kind of get for people to assume that he's going to be this mm-hmm. good player. So I think he's going to have a lot to prove. Um, and then, but I think Roger, you know, I think. Roger definitely at the end of next year could have a lot of, of I call it that movement at the beginning of the spring. Oh, that was the beginning of the spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going we're going to enjoy him a couple of years. That was the beginning of the spring last yeah. year, not even this year. That was the beginning of the spring last mm-hmm. year. So I think Roger for sure um can can, can definitely uh bounce to the next level and shouts out also to Gary on Hatchet, man. You know, he had a nice little pancake mm-hmm. game um you know on uh, DJ Johnson as well as Corey Luciano pancaking Hockey, you know, yeah, be the most underrated that. of the bunch. Oh yeah, so. he might be the most underrated of the bunch. I agree. You know mm-hmm. what? I mean? You don't see, you don't see any interior pressure. And also, too, you know, like uh, one of the big things that we gave Waddy, you know, Luke Wadenberg, a lot of love for was, you know, dealing with Dylan, you know, and kind of being like, okay, if Dylan's able to kind of sort of kind of be untouchable or comfortable back there, like Waddy's good. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. now you're seeing. Mike Penix rarely get hit, even in loud road environments. He's rarely getting kind of shook. Um, you saw UCLA; he even came back. You know, he didn't struggle. They put up thirty-eight points versus Arizona State. So, like, um, then you see this game where it didn't look like they had any problem communicating at all. 
So that's just hats off mm-hmm. to, to, you know, the spinner there for sure. I will say mm-hmm. this too. This was Ryan Grubb's best game as a play caller. Yes. Hands down. Watching the plays develop and how he schemed a lot of guys open was impressive. It was really impressive. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> just, I think what set the tone was that third and 15 that Mike scrambled for 16 on that opening drive. Mike made the call, so you've seen the line shift left. He knew that unblocked guy was his guy, so the whole time he was setting him up to roll that way. Um, and I didn't realize that until a... afterward. He had to, he had mentioned it. Go ahead, Doug. Uh, no, um, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So, and and that that in in the scheme of the larger game was such a huge conversion. Um, because the, the noise down, like that, that place, does it get as loud as Husky stadium? No, but does the noise ratchet up if, if they've gotten a stop on that first drive and we don't put points on the board and particularly seven on the board early to start that tone, that drive was a tone setter for sure. I, I feel like, like every play we had like three guys open, like on, it just seemed like everyone was open on every play and Penix just pick and choose who he just one of the one of the big things man that i i kind of been discussing all all year and kind of speaking to the darker nights point is <clears throat> i was waiting for a game where grub switched up his attack you know like it seemed like you know early in the year grub was kind of open i'm gonna uh, give it to everybody you know and that's you know, with Michigan State, Jalen Polk decides to pop. So you're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, when Grubb's firing on all cylinders, everybody's touching the ball. And then we started to see a nice streak where Rome was just getting the ball, you know, and it was kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. like, Ryan, what you doing? And not only Rome getting the ball, but then you abandoning, abandoning the run game. So then it was like, okay, like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Like, so there weren't so many complete games. And then you run into this one. And I think a couple games ago, I think it might have been UCLA. Where I was like, well, I need to see Ryan Grubb show me the run game. And then the game after that, I was like, well, I want to see him give uh, give the uh, – he's not in rhythm with his other receivers, Jalen Polk and Taj Davis. And then we end up getting a game where all four receivers are a part of the game plan. The running backs are a part of the game plan, and they all were involved in explosives. And to me, that's you know, mm-hmm. speaking of the Darker Knight's point in regards to just hit, uh, Ryan Grubb hitting on all cylinders. This was the most complete game. It wasn't gaudy stats in the run game, but mm-hmm. they had explosive and they had to respect it. And then guess what? Jalen Polk gets an explosive. Taj gets an explosive. Uh, Rome is the conversion guy. Third and 10, second and seven, mm-hmm. third and 15. Rome's the conversion guy. And then, oh yeah, Jalen. Jalen's going to work with me within the 20s. So I feel mm-hmm. like it was a great performance for him. And all four receivers, eight tight ends, or eight Jack Westover was able to eat, et cetera. So. I, I was looking at, sorry, I, I'll be quick. I was looking at a lot of the plays that didn't pop that were schemed to perfection. If you think about right when we got in the red zone, Sam Adams on that tunnel screen that he dropped, he walked into yeah. end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those screens, especially Wayne kind of learned mm-hmm. later when he got patient, but a lot of those he let the blockers develop. Those are 15, 18-yard plays. Literally, he's getting tackled. Our guys are getting tackled by like a shoestring, a barely getting clipped you know what i mean like so they did a good job of just keeping them off balance 
um, like in that rail shot he threw to Devin Colt, and then the next play you throw him a five yard out. Then the following play you, you know, you try to hit that tunnel screen. You know, what I'm saying like I said to Sam, and then next thing you know they they're so off balance. Think about the pass you hit. You give it to Wayne on just a stretch run to the right, and the hole is gigantic because they're so worried about everything else. Um, and so I just loved how he kept him off balance and just the way his plays kind of married married one if, another. If you watch a lot of the the outside stuff, a lot of the, the explosives on the outside, it was kind of the same play, and they got to it in different ways. You kind of saw um, they would motion somebody to come down and crack, or they would um, um, – kind of leave the guy there and then he would crack or that there was another way they got to the action too, I believe with a receiver and just sealed that edge. So they saw something in the, on film where, you know, their edges must crash or something like that. You know, when they see certain actions, because the majority of our big run plays were on the same action, you know, like we saw last year, how Oregon took advantage of Ohio state's misalignment on the same action and were able to get big running explosives we kind of did the same thing in regards to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to your point where you were mentioning, you know, that, that, um, um, that play to Sam and then just kind of plays on that drive. It seemed like four or five, you know, of the final four or five plays, um, whether executed right or not, we're going to score. Like it was Mm -hmm. like that, that drive, they were going to score no matter what. It was like, Oh damn, the ball was dropped. Great. Next play. Oh damn, that didn't work. All right. Next play. And they all seemed like they were like, damn, those are going to be all touchdowns. So I think by any means, you know, they were going to score that drive. And then a final point I'll say is, um, them also setting the tone and talking to their team and being like, yo, guess what? We're taking the fucking ball to start. We're taking the ball to start. Oh, yeah. We're going to prove a point. Yeah. We're going to go out there and punch them in the mouth. Let me go talk to the defense real quick. Defense, we doing this. And that's what I want y'all to know. We're going to go out there and we're going to score on this first drive no matter what happens. So just setting that tone and being like the coaching staff is going to be here for you today as long as you're here for us too. So that was big time for sure. The co- the, the coaching staff really earned a lot of points this game with the, the kids for sure. Dude, did Trice not have a game or what? That whole ball. Hell yeah. Jeremiah Martin, yeah, too, for sure. Had a game. Yeah, Martin. Jeremiah. Alex Cook had one of his better games, certainly, Alex obviously, Cook, the yeah. play that he made on Bo Nix. Um, and I will say, I mean, it, it's been mentioned in a couple of other places, but like, oh, the turf monster, the turf monster got no one. I'm like, yeah, the turf monster kind of got him, but uh, a half a second later, Edifano Lofosio would have got him unless he made an even better cut than any of their backs had made in that entire game. Like, we had that bottled the fuck up. Did you see Oregon fans saying that hit Alex Hukad was dirty? That's yeah, what, so a softer. I think, I think <laughs> that we, fan base is softer than UCLA's football team is, or you know, than the Charmin soft UCLA fan base, or or like, come on now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's like what you dirty. get for running. That's what you get for running your quarterback up the middle. Like, come that on, point, man. You know, they're grasping at straws for any type of you know win. You know, like they're they're, they're thoroughly embarrassed. You know, we hear to, we hear Coop. about you know, the rumblings in there. Coop. Right? Oh. oh yeah. We're here. They know what was on the line. In their, in their um 
in their uh, within their coaching staff right now. And it's, you know what I mean? Obviously, I think it was going on before UW, but you lose UW and that just, you know, lights a fire to that process. And that just kind of shows how fickle a lot of their process is down there. You know what I mean? Like any version of hardship, the staff decides to act a certain way. And then the fans decide to act a certain way. You go ahead and have that fucking duck come out with a crown and all that type of weird shit, thinking that you're something special on the West Coast when everybody loses out here, bro. You just ain't ran into it yet. You know, I remember watching that. Like, what is the point of that? SEC of the West, bro. What you talking about? You can't you barely can. You haven't gone undefeated in conference ever. So, like, come on, bro. Like. Did their well, duck really wear a did. crown? Yeah, and he field? came out with like some blow up husky thing that he threw on the ground. I was like, "What the hell does that have to do with? What is that? A, a duck on a with a crown on a throne throwing down the dog have to do with anything?" I, I was, I was no. like, "Your duck rides out on a motorcycle on the back of a motorcycle <laughs> like a never mind." I'm gonna go ahead. The, 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 the Twitter troll, the Twitter troll of programs, just. Uh, they call themselves SEC of the West when they can't even sell out uh, less than 60,000 people stadiums consistently. I think this is the first one to sell out all year. And it's mm-hmm. because of the, the elements of the rivalry. Like, it's – they're just – I mean, they're fraudulent. And we were kind of waiting for moments like this to happen to be able to kind of throw it in their face. But to be honest, it's been far more sweeter to just watch them, like, internally blow up and – don't like try to scramble for answers. We don't even need to say nothing. They continuously embarrass themselves when they try to defend themselves now. And you know, they're gonna either win or lose their next game. And guess what? They ain't gonna be talking about us again. You know, this is gonna be a quiet ass off season, I'll tell you that much. Hope for shit, hope. You sure about that? Yeah, <laughs> it should be though. No, no, no. It, 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 be, it won't you know? be hood. You, you know it won't be because whoever they hire to replace Dillingham when he goes to take their Head coaching job at Arizona State is going to be the the greatest offensive coordinator in the history of human civilization. Can we believe we didn't we didn't hire him last year? I can't believe we didn't hire him. Dillingham sucked. He couldn't develop. I mean, <laughs> Oregon's got what twenty. Their next offensive coordinator will be more intimidating than Genghis Khan, according to Duck fans. <laughs> <laughs> Like Dillingham's only up for the Burroughs Award that goes to the nation's best assistant. I'm sure. I was like, I'm sure the next person you hire is not going to be in that category. But 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 clearly, obviously, Dan Lanning was the mastermind of the Georgia defense, and no concerns there. No team has more off-season natties than Oregon. I mean, oh man. One thing, one thing you Dub fans do is we're able to kind of take a, a solid look at things, even internally, you know, and provide like at least reasonable perspective, ceiling and a ceiling and floor perspective. You know what I mean? And we were able to see through the fact that you hired a whole bunch of recruiters who are trying to coach off of personality. You know what I mean? You know, we heard rumors that you know Oregon was playing bow down to Washington, and they were trying to psych their players into the game. Well, were you psyching them up in X's and O's? Or were you just trying to <laughs> mentally get them emotionally involved in a game? If I got to emotionally get you involved in a game, what type of coach am I? You should be here. Now, and recruiter and what time of player or what kind of player personality type are you trying to recruit if you have to like get them up for a rivalry game? 
You got to know your personnel. It's like, yeah. why does it take that to get your team to focus on a rivalry? But then, if you think <laughs> like, about, just, but then if you yeah. think about what UW was doing to prepare for the game, the quote unquote rumors we heard from that was just that um, um, it was a little bit they were over preparing and they were being hella hard on them, and it wasn't about Oregon; it was just about winning a big game, and you know, it was about the details and the deets. Exactly, it was the stress and the details ahead, and things like that. You know, that's what happens when. You- Actual coach. Yep. Talk. Speaking of speaking of over preparing hood and doing the X's and O's, they knew that an onside kick was coming because of who went on the field for that. How dope is that? Come on. Easy. Yep. And, Big and shout to Junior Alexander for making too, that recovery. Mm-hmm. Mittens. Yeah. Facts. Yep. Yeah. I love this. I th- I think the uh, coaching staff did a uh, great job. Great job preparing and getting getting everyone ready. Oh yeah, you had a you had a uh, relatively wanna... healthy defense. So I just think Kalen understood the assignment. He knew how much this game meant to not only him, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, of his tenure. He said it before the game. He said. These are the games that you get hired here for. You don't win them. You're likely not going to be here a long time. So he knows. He better believe he felt that, too. He felt the pressure, too. But he made it in a way to let his guys rally around that and just hone in on the details because he knew he had the talent. It was just, you know, if it comes down to coaching, like, we have that advantage there. Let's just hone in on the details, not beat ourselves, and come out with a, a victory. And I think that was a difference in the game. I mean, to some extent, I think we need to make yep, purple absolutely. Fresno North t-shirts just to troll the shit out of the Duck fans. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Hey, I'm oh, yeah, what, what about that now? I can buy the shirts. Just for next year's Duck game. Because in I mean, case you, you missed North it, Duck fans, Fresno North is 1-0 against y'all. Mm. Mm. You know, it goes to be said, you know, like, I think, I think, uh, you know, our friends at the Dub Dub podcast or, or the Dub Dub uh, uh, Discord were kind of mentioned in that. Um, yep. What's up? And big shouts, but before we yeah. forget, big shout outs to Dub Dub, to all the guys from Dub Dub, to Izzo for the work that they're doing. Appreciate um, expanding that. Big, big appreciation. The the tickets that you guys are, are giving out to get people into the stadium. Um, lots of appreciation for you guys. And uh, with everything going on with Twitter and who knows what's going to happen with uh, Melon Husk's leadership uh, over there. Um, <laughs> if you're a dog fan and you enjoy the interactions on Twitter, get in the Dub Dub Discord. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about the rest of the conference. I think we can move off of Oregon. Let's talk about the rest of the conference this week before we talk about Colorado. Um, as we did, we've done a couple times this year, but uh, definitely want to make it a more regular occurrence. Um, so first uh, Pac-12 game of the week is an 11 a.m. kickoff uh, oh. with uh, the Cougars visiting the uh, the other team to pull a, a nice win uh, this last week, which was Talk the Arizona Wildcats. So we've got uh, the Battle of the Jaden Delora. <laughs> Jade said in, uh, this game is personal, so I'm anxious to see what, it, what it's going to look like. Yeah, down in Tucson, what do we think? I heard that interview. Yeah, he said it's personal. So what do we think? Uh, DJ Uh, and I talked to Fred so we can go there. 
What's uh what's the line? What's WC favorite? It's by? the Cougs minus. Uh, we actually have a road favorite. It's the Cougs minus four. Oh yeah, oh. take Cougs in the points. Yeah, they they're Man. covering that. That's just tough. I I don't think Washington State can score with Arizona, but they have a way better defense. Cool. Uh, so if I believe their defense can keep it in the twenties, I believe the Cougs can win it. But if it's anything over 30, I, I'll take Arizona. Uh, I'll just flat out give an answer on that. Uh, so I think Arizona wins. I think uh, one of the advantages to Wazoo is their uh, their front seven versatility, and they're just their motors are ridiculous in the front. Um, you know, they got a couple of skilled guys, uh, Brennan Jackson, Quinn Rofe. Uh, Ron Stone, Andrew Edson, like, you know, they're really good on the edge, not necessarily great on the interior, but good on the edge. But guess what? Jaden Delora taking it personal, um, extremely mobile, a very mobile guy. Um, so I don't care how much pressure you think you're bringing or how much you're disrupting them. He's able to work off script. I just don't think that they're going to be able to stop them, um, especially coming off the UCLA. I think the staff kind of got some understanding of, how to play in bigger games and, you know, who's going to kind of come in clutch in those type of moments and things like that. So, um, and defending, defending UCLA is much tougher than defending Wazoo. And I think if you can figure that out, you can figure out Cam Ward. So um, I'm going to give the, uh, the animosity fighting Wildcats um, an advantage there. And I'm going to say it's a, it's a two, two possession game. I'll give you 34 to 21. All right. I, I got to give a score. Go ahead, Tuz. I'm picking Zona. When someone says it's personal, ooh. what's the like, score, Tuz? What you got? Um, I'll take a 35-25. That's a good score. Okay, yeah, I like that That's one. I, yeah, I just uh, kind of pick it, pick it back what Hood was saying. I mean, coming off the biggest win of the year, uh, one of the biggest wins in the conference yep. this year. Uh, just carrying that momentum over. I think they really start to hit a groove offensively, uh, especially in the second half of that game. Um, and the confidence Delores playing with is kind of scary. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, I don't see Wazoo scoring or slowing them down. So I have yep. Arizona winning, I'd say, 34-24. Their wide receivers are so good in Arizona. Oh, and by the way. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, oh, and by the way, if Arizona beats the Cougars and beats Arizona State, they're bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. Yep. That gets them to six they're and six. Uh, that yeah. is most motivation. Yeah. They got yeah. a lot to play for. Yeah. Hey, can I say one more thing? So, because I like how Arizona playing too, but I just can't trust Delora because he could, he can have an amazing play. And the next play, just make a boneheaded play. So it's hard for me to trust him, especially like <laughs> in this kind of situations, like he's probably going to want to try to do too much against WSU. And I can just see him just having costly mistakes or turnovers. Cam Ward DJ, you, just, you just explained Cam Ward. Literally the way you described how I would have swore you were going to say That's Cam one thing Ward. I was wrong about preseason is I don't know why I did that, but I was like, Oh, Cam Ward might be one of the, better quarterback prospects in the uh, in the conference and I'm like man 
He's not better. He just plays way too much <laughs> hero ball. You could tell, like, playing at Incarnate Word, like, the team relied on him a lot, and he just, he doesn't know how to play other than that. Like, he literally holds on. You see how long he holds on to the ball and was yeah. so loose with the ball, and it's like, no, the play's done. They can do the Spider-Man meme, because they're pretty <laughs> much the same quarterback. <laughs> Delora at least got, yeah, got receivers I, I, to throw the ball up to, and Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with everybody Look here. Look forward, I, I think I'll just say so. Go ahead, Hood. Biggest highlight play, biggest highlight plays in the Pac-12 this week will come from that game. Their, that cornerback matchup at Wazoo versus Arizona, those are going to be some very, very good physical, lengthy matchups. And you are going to see Dorian Singer, uh, T-Mac, and Jacob Cass can it. make some tough ass plays to win that game, and I think they do it. That's gonna be the hot. They're gonna, okay. That's gonna be the most highlight field game of the weekend. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think I'm gonna go even a little higher. I think I'm gonna go like a 45-31. Oh, ooh, ooh we, I like that too. Uh, moving on to the other team in Arizona. Uh, 15 minutes, uh, you know, shouts again to Larry Scott and the Pac-12 Networks and our scheduling and TV deals. We've got Arizona, Washington State at at an 11 a.m. kickoff time Pacific. We have uh, Oregon State and Arizona State kicking off literally 15 fucking minutes later in the same state. Like, not only that, like, we have both Arizona teams playing at the exact same time. Uh, So we have the the Beavs heading down to, to Tempe. Uh, to play to play ASU, uh, it is a uh, Oregon State has uh, it, it is an eight point spread in favor of Oregon State. What do we think? I don't have an ESPN game at eleven fifteen. <laughs> when when was the last time that fucking happened? Yeah, ESPN two. <laughs> ESPN two. What, what, what for Oregon what? State ASU? <laughs> What is going on? Yo, hey, hold on. Y'all y'all gotta realize other conferences play at eleven AM all the time. Big twelve, big ten, have teams that play eleven AM all the time. Big twelve has a big Yeah, not us. Well, yeah, like we're better like, than them, but yes, we are. Like, yes, <laughs> no, like, and don't get me wrong. I would much rather. I'd much rather be in in Husky Stadium at eleven a.m. than seven fucking thirty at night for kickoff. A hundred percent. But, but no, no, no. My, yeah, my point was like WS data. My, my my larger point is that you've got both teams from from a state in your conference playing at the exact same fucking time. Oh yeah, I agree. Not that, like. For sure. I mean, granted, okay, hey, they split up Washington and Washington State because we're at the end of the day and Washington State starts the day. Hey, we appreciate that, but but still. Um, so, yeah, what do we think about this one? Uh, for me, I, I briefly, I just say take Oregon State. In the, if you're a betting of a betting persuasion, um, I would take Oregon State in the points and not think twice about it. Ah, man, I, I think Oregon State wins. I, I'm thinking twice about if they cover – because they haven't played well on the road all year. This is true. Uh, and oh man, I, that's hard. But I think the, I think Oregon State wins. I can't decide whether they cover win by more. Yeah, than yeah or that's not. a that's a good point, DJ. I think Oregon State wins. 
I don't think they cover because they're looking to the following week to the Civil War. That's true, too. I can mm-hmm. see that. That's a big game. Yeah, I see Oregon State winning a close one. Um, Arizona State hasn't been playing all that terrible. Uh, on they have not. They've been uh, kind of peeping their games, but they're coming together, uh, rallying around each other, it seems, since uh, Herm let, got let go. Um, I think the game is in the 20s. Uh, I have Oregon State pulling it out, uh, I'll say 27-21. That's crazy, man, because – you know, I'll have to go against the grain. I, this whole time, even before you guys said Oregon State, I was thinking Arizona, uh, Arizona State. Um, you know, just like the mini Chris Peterson he is, you know, there's always one on the docket. Uh, <laughs> to, you know, that Jonathan Smith kind <laughs> of yep. loses. That's while a good I point. Like, well, I do, Let you down. Well, I do feel like, you know, the the Beavs are probably the most disciplined team in the uh, in the conference. Um I do feel like this is a slip up and I do feel like they take a step back and then that also, you know, uh, springboards them into a more exciting game next week where they come a little more prepared. So I do think uh, they they lose to Arizona State and it kickstarts, uh, you know, a nice little vengeance tour. They already got seven wins. I think uh, the Beavs getting mm-hmm. eight wins so early and potentially getting nine is too unrealistic for me. <laughs> so right. uh, let's keep them at eight wins max. Arizona State. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to a a two thirty game on uh, Pac twelve Network, and and I gotta say I don't think anything defines the big game between Stanford and Cal, or is more appropriate for that matchup than three and seven Stanford versus three and seven Cal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a. Uh, uh, it is a five-point spread in favor of the the homestanding California Golden Bears. But if nothing says San Francisco Bay Area Pac-12 conference football, the two, three, and seven teams with one conference win between oh each. My <laughs> that's a, that's but, a but shout, I will say, shouts to Notre. I, I will give big credit to Stanford. You guys beat Notre Dame, who for some reason that's is right ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, even, I don't even care. I hope that. <laughs> and the sad thing is, DJ, you probably care more than most Stanford or Cal fans. <laughs> yeah. That's Flip a coin. I don't think I've ever been least interested in a Pac-12 game before. <laughs> I was thinking the same right? thing. But like teams yeah. lose. Oh my gosh. Also, I want to see what the over under attendance will be for that game. You you uh, you about to lose to a California Baptist in basketball for for Hopkins, Mike Hopkins. Uh, I've been watching this game as we're podcasting. I'm just like, dude, how are we losing to Cal Baptist? Like, I don't even know, know who they are. They, they who are the guys before the game, and they got Florida on their side. So who came in? In that case, they heard you talking mess about California. All right, moving on. They brought to, the to club with everything. Go game. ahead. Go ahead, I'm, more concerned, I'm more concerned how Stanford Cal is on at 2.30 and not the 8 o'clock game on HGTV. Like, are you kidding me? You said HGTV. <laughs> you said HGTV. <laughs> After it's we're actually the lives a, of Atlanta. It, it's, no, it, 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 Tugs, it, it's actually WH. 
GS TV. The, the, who gives a shit TV? <laughs> How is that on two at two thirty? Because because of because Larry Scott. That's why. Uh, <laughs> like that game but should the, be on at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> but the Utah Oregon game is at seven thirty on ESPN. <laughs> it's gonna have the same amount of viewers <laughs> at, at one thirty a.m. That's uh, ridiculous, man. Uh, well, it, it is at Cal, Can so they're actually probably that? will. Here, here's another a poll question for the group: What's the higher number, the people in the stadium at Cal or the people watching on TV? <laughs> wow, that's a. That's a I think the combination of both teams' scores is higher than both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Will the band (laughs) enter the field? Is what I want. (laughs) How do you tailgate for that one? Ooh. Ooh. At a Denny's? Um, You tell me like that's grown 503. Hey, man, let's get to the sherry over here. Get get you a grand slam and have a a day. They need to invite. They need to invite Duck Zone to the to that tailgate. Uh, yeah, he'll lead the charge on he that. He'll fit right in. Yeah. Well, Everybody do you notice it? Like literally. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if Duck Zone was any farther from the rest of the tailgate, it'd have been in Tijuana. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! No, he needed a passport to get into the stadium. <laughs> oh my gosh! Quick shout out to Duck Zone Five Hundred Three and listen to the SoundCloud. Bro, he rapped too. An aspiring rapper. Rats out of pocket. Got the got the Air Force Ones on. He had the, he had the white no boy. Way that guy. No way that video started in Eugene. That guy drove like three hours to Eugene. No way that started in Eugene. Bro, he, he, he just thrift shopped at that jacket five minutes before the goddamn tailgate. I do appreciate that jacket, though, that was, even though it's a duck. But uh, the starter jacket. Yeah, I saw that too. So I say, dude, yes. you get those at Goodwill now. Yeah. Um, let, let's go ahead and move on to a game that actually is will will draw some national eyes, and it is on Fox at five o'clock Pacific time. We have the number seven, nine and one USC Trojans uh, heading to Pasadena uh, to play the come fresh off a loss to Arizona UCLA Bruins. It is a USC minus less than a field goal. USC minus two and a half. What do we think? UCLA whooping that ass. Yep. I'm with DJ. That is no Vaseline game. I think UCLA (laughs) is tearing that up. Game? That's the no Vaseline game right there. Zach Charbonnet <laughs> on the is, ground. This is a Zach Charbonnet coming out party. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to see them play mad as hell. They lost to Arizona. Balls. You can see DTR thinking about USC in the Arizona game. Like, I'm mad as hell. I'm losing this game. I'm going to take that shit out. That man was mad. So, uh, I think Caleb Williams yeah. is a, I'm gonna take a temper tantrum baby. And Carbonate in the 150 at least. Bro, Caleb Williams has Caleb Williams hasn't faced a front seven like this. No pressure, no nothing. He's gonna get pressured. Watch, there's gonna be no look throws, and they ain't gonna be Mahomes. They're gonna just be no look throws, I'm telling you. <laughs> Magone. Hey, Magone. Hey, he's gonna be something. 
my interception. All right. And we okay, will move so, on. Hold on a second. Ahead, As dog fans, we need USC to win that, correct? Like, we There's to get a bunch to the of different scenarios. No, not necessarily. There's a bunch of different scenarios that could that could happen. Okay. Yeah. They were talking UCLA. about it earlier. I got it. I don't have them all in front of me, but Okay. I think UCLA is gonna have us just win out and fuck all them scenarios. Just let us just hand it out. Yeah. Yeah, we don't control our own destiny, but yes, I agree. Let's just win out. Um moving on to uh another matchup that really has turned out well lately for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, seven thirty on ESPN. We have Utah visiting Eugene um, to visit the Ducks. Uh, currently, it is a Utah minus two. Um, I'll start with this one. As much as the scenarios, I'll say we need Oregon to beat Utah. <laughs> it ain't happening. Um, <laughs> and I'll take Utah minus the points. I think it's not necessarily a blowout, but I think it's um, this one feels like a touchdown game to me. Like. 34-27, something in that vein. Yeah, definitely closer than the past few matchups have been. Uh, but I'm hearing there's a chance Bo Nix doesn't play. Yep. So but when if that's the case, plays, it's going to be a I lot bigger than yes, seven. that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. Um, so I would take Utah on the points or the spread, whichever one it is. If Nix um, doesn't play, it's going to be like Utah 45 or yeah. even like 20. <laughs> And Utah's getting Kesey back for this game. This seemed like they're getting healthy at the right time, too. Um, and with Oregon kind of reeling, I called at the beginning of the year, I said Oregon was going to lose their final three games. So I'm not going to go did? off that. I did. I'm not going to go off that. So I got Utah winning. Let's see. We've got to give a score. I'm going to say 38-27. Kellen, I, I don't forget your predictions. No, you can go. A bunch of Oregon fans were were saying like how they were going to run the table, and they were looking at the schedules. I don't know if you guys remember that uh, that um, spaces when they had the schedule posted, and they were like trying to figure out where they would lose. Obviously, they had penciled in that they were going to beat Georgia at that time too, but. Uh, uh, I remember talking to Hood, and I swear I had it on this podcast. So close to doing that. I know, I know. I swear I had it on this Almost podcast. Where I was like, they're going to lose a final three game. <laughs> so I, 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 I mean, you know, they, so they were so close to that forty-seven point swing that would have changed the game. <laughs> uh, uh, no way. <laughs> Something else from downtown. <laughs> a forty-seven pointer. <laughs> I think, I think I think Utah goes in and like wins by seventeen. Yeah, in Oregon. Damn, yep. I think this hey, is that's closer good. than the other game. I think this. If is Bo Nix yeah, doesn't play, Kenny Dillingham. Yeah. 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 Bo Nix doesn't. I, if, even if Bo Nix plays, he's already hobbled. He's not going to be. This I, I, think I think Utah's defense is going to be, you know, is better than ours, and um, Oregon's defense sucks. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. If it's you want a, to try Ty, Ty Thompson out there against a, <laughs> a defense. I mean, I don't think any good. other any other defenses are going to be good enough to feel intimidating, whether Bo Nix plays or not. You know, what I mean, like, yeah. I think this yeah. is just going to mainly come down to 
all the big games in the conference conference has literally came down to coaching and or specific coaching decisions. You know, like you had the onside kick, you know, versus UCLA for Oregon. Um, you know, you had like obviously the defensive adjustments for UW in the second half versus Oregon. You had Utah's defensive adjustments in the second half versus USC. So I just think um, a lot of the big games and also I would say Oregon versus Wazoo came down to coaching at the end. So like a lot of the big games are all determined off of coaching. And I just feel like this game is going to be the same. Um, I think Utah is going to come far more, not going to say far more prepared, but um, just ready for the stage. Uh, Oregon's reeling. They don't really have, you know, a lot of that, um, you know, they get a lot of their juice from their fans and they aren't getting any juice from their fans right now. Um, so yeah, I think, or I think uh, Utah goes in there and gets the dub and, um, I think it's a, a nice little physical ass whooping to be honest with you. I think it's two possession game, um, between 10, uh, 10, uh, 16 points. So yeah, I think I'm with you. Vegas knows the the line, uh, Oregon is favored by, I think three or two and then overnight, Utah's favored, uh, and so I think, assuming Bo Nix is not is not playing, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think they win probably about about ten. I'm high key, uh, I'm 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 high key rooting for Ty Thompson to have a a big game, you know, at this point, just to kind of, you know, I I don't like the way people were talking about him in regards to like Duck fans and stuff like that. Like I don't like the way people are talking about him. So I hope he has a good game. Um, I obviously want Oregon to lose, but I say I'm definitely rooting for Ty Thompson. Yo, have them ball out, and then so another team comes and swoops them in the transfer portal after the season because they see how he plays. Come on, yep, I love it. I love it. Ty Thompson to ASU, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ty Thompson. Watch out for Devon Vele, man. I Devon Vele, I think he's about to torch that whole secondary. Rangy. Logan Kendall, Dalton Kincaid. I mean, you you know, one thing Brad that Keithy. really bro, he's out. But one thing No, he's 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 supposed to be coming back this week. Oh wow. One thing I'll say <laughs> that really has killed them um in this year and the past year has been thirteen personnel. And I think Tavian Thomas is back healthy and thirteen personnel just whoops their ass. Twelve and thirteen whoops their ass. So you know, lining up, getting physical, and then also running a whole bunch of variation of uh pass plays, play action plays, trick plays, and getting the ball to their tight ends, it just fucks with all of what Oregon stands for. So I think that 13 personnel is going to bully them. No different than what Georgia yeah, did. Tough. You got a big, nasty yeah. offensive line experience with that big bell cow in the backfield. And uh, you get your, you know, a composed guy like Cam Rising coming in there. I just, I mean, you know, they're not going to be rattled by the atmosphere. So it's, yeah, I'm interested to see it, but I just don't see how. Oregon Wednesday. I love that running game, though. That running game is so much fun, bro. Bucky Irvin, Noah Whittington, Jordan. Oh, yeah. That running game is is fun. It is cool to see. They set up explosives really well. Ty Thompson, a big part of uh, Dillingham's offense is a running quarterback. You know, you saw with Jordan Travis, you know what I mean? And now you see it with Bo Nix. And uh, Ty Thompson's going to have to run that thing. And if he can't run that You'll thing. He's going to run it at Arizona State. You know, the run that the problem, I don't think the problem with Ty is that he is not the run thing; it's the throw thing. So, so is it is it true like that Lake was overkill on 
the tackling and the like way, way overkill on tackling. And then like now we don't even tackle in practice because let's be real. Our tackling was Shit. It's uh, we average, we average, we were averaging what a little over 12, ta- 12 missed tackles a game. Um, I don't necessarily think, I don't necessarily think it's it's a late thing specifically. I think it's just it was a, a um, an attention to detail thing that CP really was focused on. You know what I mean? Like CP led CP and Co led a bunch of conventions like for the whole country. You know what I mean? So did Pete Carroll. You know, so he had an easy person to reference to be like, yo, how how can we uh, develop teach tape for other people? They did clinics, bro, on how to tackle CP and co. So like they were in, in Pete Kwiatkowski. So those guys were just very unique in regards to the things they would uh, drill and the things that they would um, kind of um, implement and things like that. So um, I think you just ran into a very, very unique group who knew how to kind of do that, like. Buddha's unique. Byron was unique. Taylor Rapp was unique. Molden was was unique. Like it's very tough to to tackle an open field. So, <laughs> and and like I know we lost two first round DBs to the NFL, and Lake was obviously not recruiting to what he should be doing the last like two years. But man, our defense wasn't that bad last year granted we had two first round dbs leave but i feel like our defense was solid last year and i just it's kind of a concern to me right now where our defense is i think our right i mean our, our interior defensive line last year was was terrible we had like one of the worst run defenses in the country so yeah like so granted was, our past defense was good but anybody could decide to run on yeah, they were just, it was just, you know, they were 20, uh, 15, 20 yards off the ball. So, I mean, I, I would say in regards to the tackling thing, yes, we've regressed. Um, but also, too, let's be honest, like Julius Irvin played two or three games past when he probably should have been healing. Devon Banks played two or three games past when he should have been healing. From what we were hearing about Asa's injury, that man should not have come back all season. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, Mish Powell, too, oh, yeah. being out a whole a whole handful of games. So, these guys also, too, you know, just just being thin, really, really, I mean, they were obviously throwing their bodies out there, but they were really, really, you know, hesitant to kind of really hurt themselves because they knew that there wasn't a next man up. Like, it wasn't the fact that, oh, next man up, there wasn't a next man up. So I think that's, that's one thing we got to pay attention. Like Julius Irvin, I think both of his shoulders were are dislocated. Like, oh, I, like um, you can't. Okay. What can you do? You can't do nothing about that. Oh yeah, let, let's play one more game for us so we can get this guy healthy real quick. Julius on two messed up shoulders. Appreciate you. Let's do it. And now you're expecting him to tackle at the level of Byron Murphy. Like it's just it's just not. Um, it wasn't reasonable. So. I think one thing too is once we get depth out there, you'll start to see guys fly around a lot faster. You'll start to see guys like really be threatened for their spots. And once you're kind of threatened for your spots, you kind of like have that reckless abandon and things like that. So nothing to I would say nothing to worry about there. I think it was just more of a health kind of related approach to the game. Well, okay. Perfect. Yeah. No, and that's valid. Utah wins. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we can move on. Uh, 
One and nine in one and nine Colorado comes to Husky Stadium for a six p.m. kickoff. Final home game of the year, Senior Day. Reggie Williams, Husky legend. Uh, it is from a spread standpoint. Reggie. It is Washington minus thirty-one. Um, I'll start, and I think we cover. And not only do we get a fifty burger, we get close, if not hit. A 60 burger. Uh, I think 59-20, It's a handle your business game. Ooh-wee. Do what you're supposed to. Blow them the fuck out. Get ready for the Apple Cup. Tugs, what do you think? Tugs says we hit 70. Woo! Damn! Polk. I like that. J-Mac. And Rome all go over a hundred, and uh, yeah, this is the game that Penix gets invited to NYC. Let's fucking go! All right, man. He needs. Uh, I think I looked at it. We were briefly on this, or I was briefly on the spaces earlier tonight with the guys from Dubbed Up. Uh, Penix, I think, needs three hundred and sixty yards to hit the four thousand mark for the year. I think uh, Rome is 86 yards away from 1,000. I think that both of those things happen in this game. Um, <clears throat> but uh, who wants – DJ, you want to do your prediction for this one next? Yeah. Dogs win. Try and stay healthy. On to the next. Let's go. <laughs> Simple as that. Great thoughts. <laughs> appreciate it. <that. laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's senior day. Um, gonna send off thirteen seniors uh with a with a nice deserved, you know, victory at home. Um I think we see Demo and Sam in this game by the fourth quarter. Um but I do think Colorado's gonna do their best to run the ball and just limit possessions because they know they can't go blow for blow. And their quarterback is probably the most yep. erratic quarterback I've seen in the conference this year. Um, <laughs> I say <laughs> we would. Do we get another normal circumstances. We would. Yes. Yes. I say in normal circumstances, we we'd get 50, but I think they're going to try to limit the game. But I do believe this is the defense's best game of the year by default. Um, I say dogs win 44, 13, and I'm going to make a prediction that our, Team as a whole has eight plus sacks in this game. Wait, what was your what was your score for the Huskies? Forty four thirteen. Forty four fourteen. Yeah, I think that's reasonable because I I'm worried with you like about them trying to slow the game down and it's like damn they're gonna they make us score less points get less possessions it, especially in that first I half. Know. Ah. Listen, I think you're definitely gonna start fast and score every possession. It's just how many possessions yeah. we have that determine the the outcome. Uh, I agree. Listen, man, I, I'm on the page with y'all. Um, I don't care how much they think or want to <laughs> slow anything down. If you can't get a first down, I don't care what you think you're going to be slowing down. <laughs> I want y'all to name two receivers. Exactly. Uh, I want y'all to name the backup running back. That's not Fontenot. Got you. Uh, name any offensive lineman. Good talk. So, uh, well, I'm, I don't think they slow anything down. I think the only reason why no Bobby Valentino, their 50, uh, I think they don't get their fifty burger. But I think the only reason why you don't get the fifty burger 
is because Penix puts up 35-42 in the first half, and then you get Dylan and you get Sam in in the third and fourth quarters, and they more so, um, you know, don't convert or kind of slow the offense down a little bit. So that's where I think you may not run into your 50 burgers. So I will literally put it on the cusp and say, give me seven TDs. I'll take 49. Mm-hmm. Ooh, talk to me. 49, <laughs> and I want your 13. I, that's a touchdown Ooh. and two field goals. I take okay. it. Hey, I, I couldn't even name their quarterback. Not going to lie. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so that's what – I know They're going to they're gonna ball control, and the yeah, possessions a, are going to be limited. Yeah. He has – Get a first down. Man. I know nothing. I actually know nothing about Colorado that they suck. I know a lot about, but I'm also going to say their quarterbacks like Rick Vaughn in Major League One <laughs> with a control. Great movie. <laughs> is he wearing the the? Uh, is he wearing the uh, the white the, the old school <laughs> the hipster the glasses with the lightning bolts on the on the edges underneath the helmet? That man, I mean, he throw a he could throw a fastball, he could throw it a mile, but you talking about just throw it accurate? Good luck, man. Um, no, but I was also gonna say, dang, you may forget what I was gonna say. Who we got? Darn, damn, it, I'm, I'm such a bad influence. I'm sorry. Yeah, that team is <laughs> that team is garbage can. Garbage. Shout out to Jordan Tyson. Is the thing is his name Jordan? You know, you dub may have a spot for you, big dog. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your talents and in, in Boulder. Oh, I know what I was gonna say now. Uh hearing uh Shepard just talk about, you know, a potential letdown. He was talking with Soft and he was like, I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the radio, but he's like, This was probably the best week of practice we've had all season. <laughs> he said so I don't see it slowing down. Yeah, guys were like ultra focused. Oh, Darker Knight, you heard that interview too? Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, he was like, no, this is the best practice the team has ever had. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, enough of me. So uh, so basically 63. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As Chad Ocho Seeger would say, you go ahead and kiss the baby. Go kiss the baby. So lap for, like, you know how the Ducks have the pick. Is this the slip? This last game just slipped. Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give. I wouldn't give Noah Whittington that credit because I. I just think. Uh, I just think you can more so put it on Penix's shoulders. Call it like the Penix game or something like that. You know, because I. I think that him slipping was more of a product of the Ducks. The Penix was mightier than the Beak. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like to read. Port of murder. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> DJ muted himself. All oh, shit now. All oh, shit now. Oh man, bro that 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 dub that dub got the energy different, bro. Like big facts, man. Like. That 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 wing. Yeah, got I think we'll see dividends on the recruiting trail too. And people that like aren't diehards, they're talking about that game. Yep. Like mm-hmm. people that I know, these casual UW fans. As as Vaughn, 
as wrong as KP is about everything, um, I love. I know how y'all love to straddle that, but uh, as wrong as KP is about everything, he was right about one thing. He said that um, <clears throat> he mentioned how the city needed like an offensive player to like rally around and be able to mark. Like we've always had defensive players and that's not saying that we can't have an elite defense, but there needs to be somebody who's like a personable guy. Who's an NFL guy. Like Browning was a, was a, was a kind of this introverted kind of like try hard. He wasn't this marketable dude. And now you got this guy out there who's putting up 400 yards. He's leading the country in passing and, He's got a cool last name, and like so. Now you got to now you get the casuals. Now you get people pulling up to a Colorado game. You know what I mean? Like now you can get the casuals in there. So I think that was one thing that he did say that was was big time. Is we needed an offensive player who was uh, we were able to market throughout the country and sell our school to. I I didn't see him say that, but yeah, I bought the big Penix Energy TV. There you go. See, I, I need that. Like, yeah, like that's, I got that. Speaking he of things, that's tough. Yeah, he's wrong about he's Speaking. wrong about ninety four and three quarter percent of everything. But yeah, no, he's awesome. <laughs> I love Penix, dude. He's great. I I want him to stay. I want him to stay so bad because it ain't I, happening. I it's gonna be it's no, gonna be not. senior night. DJ laughing for a reason because he knows that man is wrong about everything. What I was going to say, though, is speaking of Simply Seattle and the Big Panic Synergy, yes, you need to go cop. Anybody listening to this needs to go cop one of those. And BKA. Yes, exactly. Whether it's Bailey Hits Bombs, whether it's the Bailey Triple Crown, whether it's go get some Bailey gear, get NIL gear, fill your Husky wardrobe. Do it. Yes. Buy the BK8 gear. I'm buying the hoodie. But for the little girls around the Puget Sound area, they also need to make little girls. Yes. They need to make kids. They need to make youth sizes. If they're going to keep doing this NIL stuff, which I love, and I hope they do, and I love Simply Seattle, and I will continue to support them. But 100%, they need to buy youth gear because my daughter at five knew who Gabby Plain was and we were outside practicing pitching after a game because of her and I would have bought if NIL was going on then I would have bought her Gabby Plain gear 100% I, my daughter is going to know who Bailey is and she's going to want her gear I want her to have her gear she needs my daughter, who's now seven, needs the youth, the youth gear straight up. Like that needs to happen. Yep, I completely agree. Yep. Like if, if anything, you know, the future is purple, and if the future is purple, the future is not in triple XL. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the past. <laughs> They're already fans. Hey, why you got to come be coming after me with my all over Jim Lambright polo hood? Come on, man. <laughs> Bro, you ain't wearing no triple XL extra, extra. Medium. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you got for the families, for the families that are diehard in the Puget Sound area that are 
that are diehard purple and gold. Like back in the day, they they had T-shirts with players on them, whatever. But like it changed. You couldn't do. But now you can have players on your t on T-shirts. Like, dude, let's go. Like the kids want to rock. Rome, a Rome t-shirt, a Bailey t-shirt. I agree. A, like a Menfield t-shirt. I want to like, have to wash it five times to get it to my kid. I want yeah. to rock a, a, a delay t-shirt. A t- a, 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 get well, that an extra media. T-shirt. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we need to work on that anyway because we, we, we still got to make the tugs uh, confuse me if I'm wrong shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we still got. We, we will work on Sound the Siren merch. We will work on Sound the Siren merch. It will happen at some time. We will come up with a good logo and, and get some stuff out to you. But but please support support our athletes. We need to delay a Daniels T-shirt or a jersey for women's basketball. A local kid. Um, all of it. All up. Let's go. No, Bailey's hit bombs. Yeah, that's I may be stopping at Simply Seattle on my way to the game on Saturday to get that. <laughs> if they've got it in store. I may I, may, I think they know, do. Hey, anybody, I'm telling you right now, all, y'all, you guys already, you know, got my number and stuff, but anybody out there who's going to the Colorado game, you can hit me up. We can high five, create a cool handshake. You know, what I mean, whatever the case may be. You know, it's all love, and we need to unify all all kind of dog fans. Like, obviously, tailgates and stuff are fun, but that's not the crowd for everybody. Um, you know, you know, dapping up and meeting people, put faces to names, and meeting people is always kind of the most important, you know, fellowship in regards to that. It's the last yeah. opportunity. So Absolutely. kickstart that Definitely. shit for next year. We're going to come much harder. You know, we you know, Sound of Cyber going to come much harder next year. So, for sure. Yep. And surprisingly, looking at available tickets, it's looking like it might be the second most attended game of the year at home for us. It's there's Good. not many seats left. There's not a Good. lot. Oh wow! Yeah. What? Wait, wait! You're saying hey, actually let's, let's continue the to use our platform. I think so. Yep. <laughs> Show up, be loud. Like, yes, it's a six o'clock game, but deal with it. Come out. You can always noise. leave early. <laughs> you can always leave early. We're going to be up at, by a lot by not far into the game. Show up, be loud, be a dog. Have fun. Come on, let's go. That's it for us this week. We'll be back sometime next week for an Apple Cup preview. It's going to be a little more problematic getting everybody lined up with a Thanksgiving week. But we will talk about a recap from this game. We will talk Apple Cup. Uh, we will have at some point in the not overly distant future, uh, UWL will make a return to talk about the women's basketball season that we've got coming on. Uh, we have plans to do more on softball as we get closer to their season. They got a couple of commits very recently, um, and uh, and we'll go from there. But thanks to everybody for listening. Go dogs! Bow down, go dogs! Go dogs, baby! Go dogs! Go dogs! Duck, duck, Yes, sir.